0: Hi everyone, my name is Gavin, I'm one of the leaders here at Jubilee Church Teesside and as a family we're just back from a lovely little break together in France. Um, feeling refreshed, feeling happy, feeling a little bit full of French cheese, might have eaten a bit too much food, but feeling good. Um, sorry for all of you who follow me on social media, there was a lot of holiday spam wasn't there? I promise there won't be any more pictures from our holiday. Okay, so today we're continuing with our sermon series Heroes Faith Over Fear. This has been a great series so far, thinking about real biblical heroes and how we can be inspired by their stories. And you know, it's really so encouraging, as the Bible says in, in the book of Hebrews, that we're surrounded by a great crowd of witnesses. When we become Christians, we become part of something. It's great to see. And today I get the pleasure of bringing us two more heroes as we look at what it means to be obedient in faith and to have faith that welcomes others. So the two heroes I'm going to be looking at today are Rahab and Joshua. Let me just read our passage then. We're looking at Hebrews 11 verses 30 and 31. By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched round them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. Okay, just a couple of verses there. We'll look at the story in a bit more detail in a second. But here we have two excellent characters to discuss. And I wanna start with Rahab. Because what I love about Rahab, and you can find her story in Joshua chapter two, is that in her we have a really positive and inspirational female role model. In the Bible and I've been praying in this area a lot recently I've been reading a book about inspirational women I don't know maybe something about having a young daughter but I think prophetically God's been speaking to me about raising a new generation of inspiring women and the way that we raise in a generation of inspiring women Jubilee is to inspire them And I just want to encourage ladies in Jubilee to feel free in your God-given gifts, feel free in what God has called you to do and inspire a new generation of young ladies. We've got an amazing youth group of mostly girls who are just looking for those examples and you can be those examples. Okay, that's a side point. I get a little bit sidetracked sometimes. So what about Rahab? Well, she is listed as a hero of faith in this chapter. She's mentioned by James in his book. And amazingly, she's also mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. She was David's great-great-grandmother. Like, on the face of it, this is a really inspirational lady who was looked on positively. But if you look a little bit closer, that wasn't always the case. Rahab was a prostitute. She did one of the worst jobs imaginable, sleeping with people for money. She was an idol worshipper, being a Canaanite. She almost certainly worshipped their various gods and idols at some point in her life. And as well as this, she was an outcast. She literally lived right on the edge of the city. Her house was built into the city walls, as far away from the centre as you could physically be. This wasn't a sweet gentle lady. It wasn't, as my daughter Eden says, a lovely princess. (laughs) This was an outcast. But she was still held up as as an example of faith. There's hope for us all. If you don't know the story, um, it's in the book of Joshua. We'll talk more about him later. But he had sent some spies to Jericho just as the Israelites were preparing to enter the promised land. And spies went into Rahab the prostitute's house. Not for business, thankfully, but to stay the night. And when the king called for Rahab and asked her to bring him the men, she lied and told the king the men had left while hiding them in her house. The king sent his armies after the men on a wild goose chase while Rahab had them in her house and allowed them to escape safely. Essentially, Rahab had saved their lives. What we see with Rahab is that a dramatic change of heart took place. And there was a realisation that the king of heaven, the king of the Israelites, was worth following, was worth trusting. Rahab is listed as being a real hero of faith because she took risk in protecting the Israelite spies. And she sensed that the God that they followed, the God that they relied on, was the real God. Rahab protected the foreigners, the vulnerable ones, and welcomed them in in order to look after them. What we can learn from Rahab is that she had a boldness about her faith. Like, remember, she was a new believer. Like, it's not like she was worshipping God for a long time. No, she'd only just decided to follow God. And then she acted boldly in her newfound faith. There's something in this for all of us, isn't there? Boldness and faithfulness don't come from years of experience of years of being a Christian. No, they come directly from a relationship with God. Do you know, I think about my own walk, my own journey with God, and that was probably my uh, most bold and my most open right at the start of my walk with God when I was in college and I decided to set up a Christian union and preach to people in the library and in the common room and, you know, tell as many people as I could about Jesus. Why? Because I was so passionate about this newfound faith. Rahab was bold and went about doing what she felt was right in God's eyes. And interestingly, that started with welcoming in the foreigners and protecting them. One of the things that we mention so often in Jubilee, and something that's part of our DNA, our kind of very fabric as a church, is that we welcome people from different nations and different backgrounds. It's what we do. It's one of our values, we welcome. And we can take example from Rahab in that. Real faith leads to welcoming those who God sees as having vital importance, even if to the world they seem worthless. In her boldness, in her desire to follow God's plan, she was led to welcoming in a foreigner and protecting them. And this is an amazing picture to think about. As a church, I believe that's what we're called to do, to speak something to the rest of the world about what it means to live differently. And doing this by welcoming those who are on the outskirts, whether it's people from different cultures and nations, Or even just those on the very edge of our own society. Like Rahab, we are called to have faith that welcomes others. The second of the heroes I want to discuss with you this morning is Joshua. Although he's not specifically named in the passage in Hebrews, it does talk about the fall of Jericho, which is the battle which Joshua led the Israelite people in. It's part of the same story as Rehab, you can find it all in the book of Joshua. Um, This part of the story is found in Joshua 5 and 6. Who was Joshua, though? Well, he's he's a a pretty amazing guy, a fascinating individual, who was responsible for leading the Israelite people into the Promised Land. He was a person who took on the work which Moses had started. He was to lead the people and lead them well out of the wilderness and into the promised land. No insignificant task. The story of the walls of Jericho was one of the most famous and bizarre in the whole Bible. I'd love to read it to you in a second, but just for a bit of context, um, the Israelites are faced with this huge enemy city. The city that Rahab lived in, surrounded by its massive, seemingly impenetrable walls. It was an unbreakable city. But before approaching the city, Joshua is confronted by an angel, the commander of the Lord's army. And, And you can see that exchange in Joshua 5. But let's just read a little bit from Joshua 6 as God gives some really extremely specific instructions to Joshua. You can find it in Joshua 6 starting from verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went in and no one came out. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March round the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Make seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march round the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Make the whole army give out a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up. Everyone straight in." I mean, an amazing set of instructions, which is part of an amazing story, really. But just imagine yourself in a scene for a second, okay? Put yourself in Joshua's shoes, all right? You're facing an incredible task and looking for some inspiration from God. You know, maybe he would give you some encouragement or supply you with a bigger army or some new weapons. Do you know what I mean? Like, or promise to give your soldiers super strength so they could rip the wall down. Like, like, give me something, God, is what you're thinking, isn't it, if you Joshua. But what does he get? A bizarre set of instructions which involve walking around the city playing musical instruments. Like, instead of using any human force to get the wall down, he is simply to trust in God and do exactly what God says, however strange that is. But why does God do that? Well, I'd like to think that God was making it totally, totally clear that this battle depended wholeheartedly, 100% on him and nothing else. In order to overcome this city, the Israelite people would have to trust wholeheartedly in God and not in their own strength. There couldn't be an argument about this being about them. It was about God. God was simply calling them to obedience and nothing else. Can you see the lesson in here for us? Radical faith, fear overcoming faith, the type of faith that we need as a church starts from a place of leaving ourselves to one side, refusing to rely on our own strength and trusting wholeheartedly in God. The destruction of Jericho was a show of God's power. And if you take Jericho as being one of the world's superpowers, a real hub of evil in God's eyes, it relied fully on a work of God to overcome it. What are some of the huge hubs of evil that we see today? Poverty, racism, injustice, human trafficking. All of these, just like Jericho, require God to move in miraculous ways if we're to see breakthrough. He calls us to be open and ready to be used in his purposes. Yes, but we need to see a breakthrough from God if we're to see change in these areas. Has to be about him. See, the thing to recognise about this story is that God had promised Joshua what his outcome would be. The victory was won before the battle had even started. And it's exactly the same with us today. The book of Ephesians describes our life as being a battle. Not like a battle, but, but being a battle. But we should be secure in the fact that our victory is won once and for all. Because of Jesus and his sacrifice for us. That means that no matter what is thrown at us, no matter what life gives us, we can overcome thanks to his strength. Whatever battle you face, sickness, family breakdown, finances, fear, whatever it is, the victory is won through Jesus and no matter what the world throws at us we can be confident that one day Jesus will have his final victory and in that time every tear will be wiped away every sickness will be healed every piece of suffering that we've faced will be made right do you know, knowing Jesus knowing his victory allows us to have that eternal perspective what and encouragement. And do you know what? Going back to our story, God calls us sometimes just to be obedient, even if it doesn't make sense. I've been reading this book recently by Pete Gregg called Dirty Glory. Amazing book about prayer. I'd really recommend it to you. You should read it. It's, It's incredible. But he tells a pretty remarkable story about this very thing. Let me just share it with you. In America, in 2008, a place called Arizona, the Super Bowl was due to be played at the University of Phoenix Stadium. Now, I'm a big basketball fan. Uh, American football isn't my thing. I don't understand it. It makes no sense to me. But even I know that the Super Bowl is the biggest sporting event in the world, watched by millions of people. Pretty much the eyes of the whole world are on it every year. So, Pete Gregg says in his story that a Christian lady in Arizona had a dream about Super Bowl stadium in Phoenix being filled with blood. Like a really horrible scary dream and she felt that God had told her to go at the car park of the stadium and pray for protection for the people. This happened just a few days before the event. This lady called Deb Welch she gathered as many of her Christian prayer friends as she could and they went to the stadium and prayed. They stood in an empty car park and they felt nothing. They saw nothing. They just went home after praying without any sense of victory or anything. And a few days later the Super Bowl happened and the eyes of the world were watching, the event passed completely fine without even a hint of disaster. I mean, you can imagine Deb feeling just a little bit daft, can't you? Did I really hear from God on this one? Did God really give me this dream? Have I worried all my prayer friends and wasted an afternoon praying in an empty car park? Like, come on God. Well, this is where it gets interesting. Shortly after the game had finished, the news started to trickle out and filter out that behind the scenes of the Super Bowl, a huge massacre had been averted. A disturbed 35-year-old guy named Kurt William Havelock, who was furious about the council's decision not to allow him to open a Halloween-themed bar in a town, had threatened to, um, to take revenge on the people of Arizona. He'd sent a series of threats to different American news outlets, vowing for swift and bloody revenge. And on the day of the game, he loaded his car with an AR-15 assault rifle and 200 rounds of ammunition and parked in the very car park that the lady and her friends had been praying in just a few days before. And this is where it gets amazing. As this guy parked his car, he had what would later be described in court as a change of heart after feeling a sense of numbness when sitting in his car in the car park. He broke down in tears phoned his dad and handed himself in to police. A dangerous and awful massacre was avoided without a single shot being fired. Something which would have been witnessed by billions of people across the globe. It would have been front page news across the world was avoided because someone had acted with obedience and done exactly what God had told him to do. Despite it making no sense at all. Now, you could call this a coincidence. I know. I don't believe in those. I believe in miracles. I think God did something in that situation. What's my point? My point is this. As God's people, as God's sheep, we should learn to hear his voice. And when we hear his voice, we need to act on that with obedience, as strange sometimes as the requests may seem now don't hear what i'm not saying that doesn't mean that we remove our brains and do crazy things because we feel like god's told us to do them though we need to use wisdom we need to pray we need to weigh things up we need to seek counsel from christian friends but the bottom line is that like joshua we need to trust and rely on god's his plans and let him do the rest we don't need to understand the whole situation. We just need to do our bit and trust God with what he's called us to do. Joshua is labelled as a hero of faith because he trusted God and didn't try to do things in his own human strength. I mean, what a lesson. What a lesson. Jubilee, I'm nearly done, I just want to ask you, what is God calling you to? What's your mission field? What unexpected thing has God placed on your heart? As we end... morning I just want to encourage us to have a real sense of boldness and a real sense of faith a real sense of obedience because we're going into a new season as a church we're going into unprecedented times my question is will you join us on this faithful mission with a new sense of expectancy about what God's going to do will you like Rahab have that welcoming bold faith and will you have the obedience of joshua father thank you so much for this amazing set of stories we've heard today about how you intervened god about how you had your own plans lord i pray for each of us god would you help us to have a real sense of boldness as we um seek you give us a real sense of faithfulness give us welcome and faith like rahab's had lord And, Lord, I want to pray for Jubilee Church. Would we be a church that is obedient to your calling in every situation, Lord? God, I thank you so much that you do call us to amazing things. And I pray as we go into this new season as a church, Lord, would you raise our expectations, raise our faith to see miracles happen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful week.